You're listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and the interview subject coming up for you is Rhonda Chant from the US Outfit Star Set. The reason for the conversation is to promote Star Set's appearances across Australia in August 2017. So let's have a listen to what he has to say. Here we go. It's a stunning accomplishment. Um, really digging not just the music, but the uh, the artwork there. A bit of a Tom Cruise and Oblivion referencing artwork there. What can you tell listeners about uh, that's the? That's awesome. You picked up on that. That's great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm a bit of a fan of the sci-fi stuff. So you're a band that's right up my alley, as we like to say. But uh, mate, for people who are yet to sample the band's right music, right on, right on. Well, we love we love Oblivion. There's certainly it's certainly a huge piece of that, and that's funny you mentioned that because there's there's some sci-fi writers as well as movie uh critics etc that have reached out to dustin and, and and mentioned many of these themes so that's really cool outstanding mate outstanding mate okay so mate how would how would you describe the band's music to someone that's yet to yet to fully experience the star set sound Okay. well we uh from what we have uh currently i'd say from transmissions first it was branded actually by uh, U.S. radio stations as Cinematic Rock, and I think some fans actually helped that kind of branding carry on, and we we get we adopted that we we rode with that, and you know we didn't ever really intend on building a very specific genre. We wanted to develop music that was thought-provoking, emotional, but be able to really immerse you in the sound that is Starset. Uh, obviously, Starset is coming in from a much larger theme from the Stars of Society, the message that it carries, the science, technology, and all the awareness pieces that we really are presenting. Yeah. Um, but I guess to describe the sound, it's cinematic rock really does core uh, that out pretty well. Uh, but there's certainly, I think Bessels has adopted a, a lot more themes than just the actual rock piece of cinematic rock now. So we certainly are evolving. Yeah, phenomenal, mate. And, mate, we are thrilled to have you down here sometime in the near future. I think you're coming down in August, if I'm not mistaken, to Australia. Um, your first tour to Australia, that's, I understand. That's right. Yeah, we've got a five show run, man. Cool, mate. What was the um, uh, what was the inspiration behind coming to Australia? Have been have there, has there been a lot of interaction from fans over social media and the like? And I mean, I've had a look at the uh, the chart placement and the like, and I could see that it peaked at number fifty two on the Aria charts, mate. So you certainly have a following down here. Yeah, you know what's interesting is that when Transmissions first came out before Vessels, uh, we. You know, we noticed very, very early on that we had an Australian presence via social media, the viewership, the, the, the fans that were either tweeting about it or posting about it. Uh, it was it was actually really cool to see the kind of grassroots movement and support they were getting from from fans. Um, the first real fan group, if I recall, even from an Instagram was a star, a star set Australian group. Right. Um, so we always felt compelled to try and get over to Australia. Unfortunately, the demands of the first record were so demanding that we didn't get a chance to even really do it much, even in Europe for that matter. We, we really only got to do a little bit of touring outside of the United States. So we, we made a point that we definitely wanted to focus on some newer markets, especially Australia. And we can't be, can't be more excited to uh, finally be playing some shows in front of these fans. 
Cool, mate. Yeah, and look, I do follow you on Instagram, and I've noticed you have been doing a bit of globetrotting. There's some pretty awesome pics there of you next to the Leaning Tower of Pisa, and one photo, I'm a bit of a petrol head or uh, into cars myself, <laughs> so you're you're at some sort of an event there where there were some classic Lamborghinis that were on display. So whereabouts have you have you toured in the world so yeah, far? Yeah, that mate? was in Florence, yeah. That was... Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah well, we've, done, we've done Europe pretty extensively. Yeah, we did... Uh... That actually, that day in Florence was very surprising. I walked up to those Lamborghinis and I knew what they were because I've got a cousin who's, <laughs> who's a little, little well off and he knows exactly what those were. And he told me I couldn't believe that I could see 50 of them in one day because those are super rare. But the, uh, yeah, he, yeah, that was in Florence. We did an extensive, uh, like a week in, in Italy when we had a couple of days off and actually got to see all the different sites of Italy. But we've done Europe several times. We, we actually had the opportunity last year with Breaking Benjamin to go to Russia, um, did a couple of dates there. Um, that's about the extent of really on the side of things that we've done. We've done Canada and the U.S., of course, very extensively. So Australia yep. is, a, is a brand new market and a brand new country, and I can't be happier that that's the next one that we're really dipping into. Um, yep. we, and we know the band, obviously, is super pumped, but I, I'm sure the fans that have been waiting for us to get there, uh, I, you know, they've waited long enough. This is, this is a good time to do it. Yeah, sweet. And, um, mate, I was thrilled to actually um, know that I was going to be talking to your good self, mate, because I'm also a bass player. And the other thing that I was doing when scrolling through your social oh, media was, mate, you've taken possession of a phenomenal bloody Stinger- Music Man Stingray. I also play Music Man Stingray and Music Man Sterlings. Tell us a little bit about this oh, custom right lefty that has been built for you. So, I, this is a funny story. I've had... I had Fenders pretty much my whole life. I had always played Fender. That's just kind of what I did. Um, I had got a lefty Stingray because I it was one that I had found locally in Columbus because I needed a backup guitar. That guitar ended up being the primary guitar that I played for probably the first year of Starset just because I realized how awesome and how well-built Ernie Ball yes. built their bases. Well, that guitar got stolen like a week before we were supposed to go on our Europe run with Breaking Benjamin mm-hmm. uh, a year and a half ago. Got stolen right out of my garage. We were prepping all the stuff for tour and our guitars were taken. So Ernie Ball, I get on the phone with them and we, we luckily, they were amazing and they are supported me. like Unbelievable. They got a left-handed bass made in less than three days, shipped to me. That was the Jesus. first one I had. And yeah. then they ended up building me a custom one. And they got a custom one built over the while I was over on on tour, and I I told them exactly what I wanted, and yeah, I mean it's a it's a matte white uh, stealth uh, hardware base. It's got a custom Bartolini pickup in it. It's completely passive. It's actually not active. We ripped all the guts out of it. Right. Um, it's it's okay. pretty crazy, and it's uh, we we love it. We love it. So, so I can see looking at a picture of it, I can see a, a battery pack on the back. Is that just like a a, a bit of color there is it as opposed to an actual battery pack for for use no it, it that is that is the whole to the battery pack and that actually is what we i actually didn't remove that piece i didn't really uh-huh. i didn't want to go too far as the filling in the wood but that is actually completely useless now we don't even we, i guess i could <laughs> wire it back up but i don't use it for anything at this point yeah, so, yeah. sweet well yeah i've done a bit of research into the music man stingray and and apparently you hear on the download that that leo knew that he didn't quite get the uh p bass and the jazz basses where he wanted them to go but he he definitely got it right with these stingrays. The stingrays are, are really his fully realised and complete vision for what the bass guitar should feel like and sound like. And um, that's more or less how I ended up on them as right. well, knowing that the great man himself actually said, if you want to play bass, these are the ones to go to. So, uh, 
but uh, cool, mate. And the, the other, <laughs> it's awesome. I have a lot of respect for those. It certainly helps me a lot. I mean, if you see what we wear on stage, there's also a weight thing that actually really helps out, and stingrays are yes. fantastic for being able to play and what we actually use. So. Yeah, they are a very evenly weighted base. The only reason I go for the Sterling, which is the little brother to uh, the Stingray, is because the frets are a little bit closer together. And if you're doing a lot of, depending on the music you're playing, but if you're doing some funky stuff, sometimes you need the uh, frets to be a bit closer so that you can obtain uh, yeah. purchase, if you Back like. Or, yeah, yeah. You're, you're a pretty talented fellow, mate, if I don't mind me saying. Um, I'm looking at a video now of you again playing the viola, if I'm that. not mistaken. So, uh, actually, I wonder if that's my, I wonder if that's my cello player. Oh, you know what? That is my cello player. Now I think about it. We have a, <laughs> if it's, if it's most recent post, yes. I've got a, I've got a guy named John who we actually have out from Columbus and him and I just mess around all the time with his cello and piano and do all kinds of weird stuff. And every so often we, uh, we'll put up some posts of him doing some funny stuff with it. But yeah, we, we like to keep some pretty talented people around our group. There's no doubt about that. John will actually be with us. In Australia, he's, uh, he's our cello player. He'll be with us as well. So. Sweet, sweet. Okay, but but I meant what I said about the talent because I understand you also performed the keyboards on the record. Yep. Yeah, we, uh, what actually what's interesting is we have, so a lot of the keys, a lot of the bass, a lot of the synth that we do on the record is coming from all different angles. Believe it or not, a lot of computing as well. Live, we, uh, Dustin and I made a point, I know he's, he's very adamant about the tracks are very much strings and synths, but there's no live vocals. There's absolutely no live keys. Everything that we do is performed. And, you know, I'm running back and forth between playing yes. bass and playing keyboards. And Dustin also jumps off the mic and plays keyboards intermittently. We both share that. Um, yeah, I, I've been playing piano since I was six years old. That's what got me into music. So sure. it's definitely core to what I know. That's for sure. Cool, mate. All right. Mate, just in the interest of time, believe me, I've got plenty more questions I could ask you, but... I'll, I'll, there are three questions that I ask all of my interview subjects, so I'll ask them now. Now, uh, your answers can be as not safe for work as you so choose, so here we go. Ron, describe yourself in okay. three words. <laughs> Man, that's tough. And it could, doesn't need to be a sentence, I guess. All right. It can be well, anything um, else. Yeah. <laughs> one thing's for sure, I'm committed. I'm, I'm definitely committed. Uh, there is a lot that you have to do to uh <laughs> to be committed and are in a band at this time so that's that's one good word uh i'd say passionate too um you know that takes there's a difference between being committed and being passionate about this music so that's for sure yep. um i would say and i get to use an adjective to do this but i am a friend uh i i befriend a lot of people and i nice. i respect a lot of people and i try to be there for as many people as i can so yeah Friend, committed, and passionate. That's what you get. <laughs> nice, mate. All right. Okay, my second question is this. This is a good one. If you could go back and give yourself some advice when you're, eight, when you're 18, what do you think you'd say? Hmm. Well, I did a good job of traveling as young as I could. So I think a lot of people would probably give themselves the advice to just get out and see as much as I can. I did that at 18, so I'm proud of that. Um, I think... I would probably not dwell on a lot of things or be anxious about a lot of things too early on in my twenties because that was just distracting and I could have just been, you know, breaking out of a lot more things and, and trying a lot more things in that regard. So that would probably be the advice I'd give. I just wouldn't dwell on, uh, on, on small issues and try and just, you know, 
get as much depth of experience as I can. Yeah, sweet. Okay, good response, mate. And the final question is, choose five guests, living or dead, that you would invite to a dinner, and they can be from any time in history. So it can be John the Baptist or Tom Cruise. <laughs> That's interesting. Man, we actually, I think Dustin and I got this question together a while ago. It was that right? similar to this. It wasn't yeah. living or dead, but someone, someone at your party or something like that. I've heard this before. And I think, if I remember, I know we picked Nikola Tesla, but I know we also picked, like, some obnoxious, I cannot remember who it was. There was like, there was a couple inventors and there were a couple rock stars and it would probably have been the most boring party ever, but you know, <laughs> but now I got to think through it. Like who, who are all those people? Uh, I think, uh, let's see here. For some reason, I think John Lennon was one of them. Nice. Um, but I, I do believe that Tesla was one. I think that we wanted to have, um, actually, I think we would have, uh, Elon Musk in the room with Tesla. Nice, which yep. would be pretty rad. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, and see like what see what those see what those two talk about. Um, and uh, let's see here. There was, I think my own personal debate. I would actually like to see like, and I just I read a lot about John F. Kennedy when I was a kid. So to see like <laughs> him around and in a room and, and actually have a discussion with him, that would be cool for my own personal game. But I'm not sure how he'd be interacting with the rest of them. So there's three of them. And then I think our rock stars, if I remember correctly, oh, I actually that's four, though. It's John Lennon. Um, there was another rock star. I can't remember who we picked. <laughs> it was, uh, eh, it wasn't from Zeppelin. Man alive, I can't remember who it was. But you could, I could guarantee you it would be somebody that would need to be the life of the party. So you can go ahead and just guess who that might be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, there you go, mate. Well, mate, I think, you know, if you're ever in doubt that the party might not get off to a good start, you know what you normally do? You just add absinthe. <laughs> That's it. And see so what happens then. You know, the alcoholic <laughs> beverage absinthe. So, okay, does it, does it, does it, it's just some... Some, it'll just be some dead guy that brings absinthe. That's all that matters. <laughs> well, might as well. The the guy that I'd like to party with is Bon Scott from ACDC. A, because I'm Australian and he's Australian. But I don't oh, think... Oh, there you go. You know, Bon Scott... Bon <laughs> That's Scott, awesome. There you go. <laughs> yeah, he, he would certainly add... A, you wouldn't need absinthe with him around, mate. I think he'd bring his scotch for everybody there. And I'm pretty sure... <laughs> no. You know? <laughs> but, certainly uh, not. <laughs> mate, I, I better let you go. You're listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith and that interview subject featured the bass player from the US outfit star set, Rhonda Chant. Thanks so much for listening.